State Representative Jim Walsh here at the Washington State House uh, in the gallery above the floor. Uh, it's Wednesday evening, and today was what they call opposite chamber cutoff. So it was the last day of the session for pure policy bills to be considered. And here in the House, we were considering uh, state Senate bills, bills that had originated in the state Senate, hence uh, opposite chamber. Uh, the controversial bill of the day, and probably of the week, was Senate Bill 5599. This is a bill, new policy, around uh, shelters and uh, a thing called host homes for minor children who have run away, who are not living at home. And it's highly controversial because while in existing law, uh, shelters or, or host homes or other places that give uh, shelter to runaway children have to report uh, that child uh, and ultimately have to inform the child's parents uh, within about 72 hours. Now, some of the time frames adjust to circumstance, but families have to be notified if their child is staying in a, a shelter or similar place. This bill changes that. It makes it so that children who run away from home for a few specifically uh, defined reasons, uh, the state doesn't have to tell parents where the child is. The shelters don't have to tell the parents where the child is. Highly controversial. Um, this is the state, the state government and its bureaucratic agencies getting in between parents and their children. Uh, it is full of problems, uh, some constitutional, some just based out of case law. But the idea that the, uh, the, the state government, without establishing that uh, traditionally defined abuse or neglect had occurred, can hide a child's whereabouts from that child's parents or families, uh, is very troubling indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Courageous Truth Podcast. As always, I am glad, honored, excited that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with me today. Today's episode is really going to focus on what's happening in the state of Washington. But I also know if you're an American citizen, there are things like this and, and bills that we're going to be talking about passing all over the nation. And I know these there are things that are happening in other nations as well. Um, I know we have listeners in Australia. We have listeners in New Zealand. Um, I can only imagine what's happening down there. This is a worldwide uh, issue that we're facing, uh, this transgender issue we're going to talk about. And it's spreading all over, all over the world, the modern world anyway, and uh, really wreaking havoc on Christian conservative values. Um, so I want to take some time and I want to talk about State Bill 5599. I want to take a I want to take a look at this this bill and uh, we're going to read through it and we're going to see what this bill is saying. Uh, this bill in uh, Washington State has um, it is passed uh, it is passed the the state senate and now it is headed towards uh, Jay Inslee's desk. Let's see when that's going to happen. 
uh, it's passed the House, it's passed the Senate, and it will um, go to the governor's desk, and then it will become law once and if he passes that. And I'm I'm looking for the date that it's going to be on his desk. Uh, I can't find it here. So, but I'm going to put a a link in the description for you to come and look through all of this stuff. Look through the entire bill. Look through all the amendments. There's a, a couple different amendments. Uh, the process. Um, and just kind of see what what it is and and what's going into it. So, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the uh, the the bill after all the amendments and just kind of read through it a little bit um, for everybody to hopefully bring a little bit of clarity about what it actually says. A lot of people are up in arms and 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 concerned. What's going to happen is we're going to be seeing uh, children and parents in disagreement about the gender ideology and government and local government agencies and, and uh, different people like DSHS come in and remove kids from homes where uh, the, the parents are pushing back against this gender ideology when a student or a young child wants to, uh, you know, confirm and change their gender or go by different pronouns. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. But I want to take a look at this bill. Let's read what it is actually, what it actually says. And then I'll allow, uh, I'll give a couple thoughts on it. And then we will, uh, and then I'll let, of course, let you draw your own conclusions to that. So this is uh, the the uh, state of Washington 68th legislator uh, in gross substitute Senate Bill 5599. And uh, I'm going to read the new section, section one. I'm going to read what this says. It says this, the legislator finds that unsheltered homelessness for youth poses a serious threat to their health and safety. Okay, true. Read the next sentence. The Trevor Project has found that one in three transgender youth report attempting suicide. Now, listen to the way that this bill is constructed. It's not about homelessness. It's about transgender. And number one, first thing it does is it paints them out to be victims and suicidal. Homelessness amongst transgender youth can further endanger an already at-risk population because they're a separate population. Legislator further finds that barriers to accessing shelter can place a chilling effect on exiting unsheltered homelessness and therefore create additional risk and dangers for youth. Youth seeking certain medical services, I wonder what services they're talking about, are especially at risk and vulnerable. Therefore, the legislator intends to remove barriers to accessing temporary licensed shelter accommodations for youth seeking certain protected health care services. So this, this, this opening paragraph of this bill went from teen homelessness now to making sure trans kids who are seeking the transgender uh, uh, movement or, or, or are in, what do they call it, in transition or identifying as something other than their biological gender and sex can basically become a protected class and can seek shelter in places designed to help condone and help support their transition okay it's painted like a good thing but i can't trust these lefties you can't trust them 
Um, I'm going to read section two, just the first first paragraph, and then I'll, I might comment on a, another part of the bill. We'll see. But it says, section two, except as provided in B, uh, which is a li- licensed overnight youth shelter of this subsection, any person, unlicensed youth shelter or runaway homeless person, homeless program that without legal authorization provides shelter to a minor and that knows at the time of providing the shelter that the minor is away from lawfully prescribed residence or home without parental permission shall promptly report the location of the child to the parent, the law enforcement agency of the jurisdiction in which the person lives or the department. Okay. Notification must include the whereabouts of the youth, a description of the youth's physical and emotional condition, and the circumstances surrounding the youth's contact with the shelter organization. If there are compelling reasons not to notify the parent, the shelter or organization must instead notify the department. I'm sure speaking about the Washington State Patrol or DSHS. So, and there's there's other amendments. The bill is about six pages long. You can you can read through it yourself. Um, but basically, what it's stating is what they're trying to do is is uh, bring uh, youth that are any youth, but mainly youth that are identifying as transgender in from anywhere to seek the proper care they needed. And if it is deemed unsafe for them to contact the parents, then they'll just go straight to one of these agencies, DSHS or Washington State Patrol. The danger in this bill, the danger in this bill is that there are people with a massive trans, like I can, you can kind of see that there would be young people who are identifying as transgender. They get massive support from schools, sports teams, the media, culture everywhere and whose parents aren't buying it. And the, the, the transgender agenda at its core is a rebellious and defiant agenda where there is no, there is no consequences for their action, there's no accountability, they're a protected class, they can go about doing whatever they would like, and there's no repercussions because they are a protected class. And anyone who wants to, you know, enter into that class, identify as transgender, then falls underneath the statues of protection or whatever it's called. So in this bill is the dangers. We can see how this bill could be massively abused. It could be used by by people and it can be used by against people who are supporting parents who are supporting because it talks about making sure that the if you're not licensed and you have a, one of these youth in your home, you can, be, you can get in trouble uh, for doing that, okay? You've got to look at the way these bills are worded and what you've got to kind of read underneath the surface. It makes it sound like a great thing that's serving kids, that the transgender agenda is extremely deceptive and wicked. That's why it gets so many young people to fall into it. Okay, if we had our government agencies and our healthcare agencies just come out and say, look, this is a mental health issue, we have got to deal with that as that instead of confirming to it and, you know, and supporting young people in their transitions and causing permanent damage to their bodies and to their minds and to their souls. And you can see how a legislative bill like this can progress and progress and progress. 
You know, at first it was, you know, transgender bathroom policies. And now we're seeing, you know, what this basically does. If you read through the entire bill, uh, it, it creates, I believe, what they're called hope houses. I want to say it's on page six of the bill. Hope houses where transgender youth can leave their homes and come and get the preventative and, and essential health care, they call it, that they need without parental uh, consent because they're protected and this is in a place where, you know, their their homes aren't safe for them. So you can see how this is, and as you read through the bill and the little bit I said, there is a massive attack on conservative Christian values. There is a massive attack on common sense and those who want to protect children. Now, I know parents who've kids have young kids have announced, you know what, I'm not quite sure what my gender is. And parents going along with it. They're like, okay, we'll let you change your name. Okay, we'll let you choose whatever gender and choose your pronouns instead of doing what parents should do and be like, you know what, you're crazy. I'm not going to put up with that. The problem is, is the schools will support it and the schools will call the children by whatever pronouns they ask, require, request, and whatever names they request. I have a good friend whose daughter was in a, in a local high school and she decided she wanted to change her name from a girl name to a boy name and have boy pronouns. And when the parent went into the teacher conference, uh, parent-teacher conference, the teacher refused to call the daughter by the daughter's name and only referred to him as a boy. And the teachers have to go along with it or they could lose their job and getting in trouble with their union. So there is a massive, massive uh, uh, evil agenda behind this to break apart the family, to break apart the bond between parents and kids. Because if you can break apart the bonds between parents and children, you can do whatever you want with society. You can destroy it. So, um, you know, and then I'm just going to scroll through this bill a little bit. And it talks about compelling reasons uh, why a young person might be uh, unsafe to go home. And this will be on page four. And this is section two. Oh, I'm sorry, page three of the bill. Uh, compelling reasons include, but are not limited to, circumstances that indicate notifying the parent or legal guardian will subject the minor to abuse or neglect as defined in RCW 2644, okay? And then it goes on to say, when a minor is seeking or receiving protective health care services, protected health care services means gender-affirming treatment as defined in RCW 74096.75 and reproductive health care services. When the department receives a report under subjection of this section, it will make a good faith attempt to notify the parent. Okay, define what a good faith attempt is. That report has been received and offer services designed to resolve the conflict and accomplish a reunification of the family. Then it goes on to say, nothing in this section prohibits any person, unlicensed youth shelter or runaway or homeless program, from immediately reporting the identity or location of any minor who is away from a lawfully prescribed residence or home without parental permission more promptly than required under this section. Finally, it says this, nothing in this section limits a person's duty to report child abuse or negligent, uh, uh, 
or neglect as required by RCW 2644030 to remove or removes the requirement that the law enforcement agency of the jurisdiction in which the person lives be notified. Okay, now that's a lot of words. But with those words, we know that there, we, we know, here's what we know. The transgender is, it's evil. It's evil at its core. It is out to seek, kill, and destroy. So consider those things. Consider how they could be twisted. Consider how they could be used. And by the way, they could consider abuse to be a parent not confirming the, you know, requested gender or pronouns of their child. They could consider that abuse. And then you've got a whole bunch of problems. So that's what a couple of those statements out of that bill are. I'm not going to read anymore, but I will link it and I would encourage you to please read it so that we can be informed. Obviously, we're we're at a place right now and and I believe this honesty. Let's think about today right now is April 19th. I'm recording this on April 19th. I'm in San Diego, California. It's beautiful going to my son's uh, Marine Corps graduation celebration the next couple days. But if we think about this, over the next 10, 15 years, 20 years, where is this transgender going to take us? Where is this ideology going to take us? Where are these practices going to take us? It's going to take us to some really dark places. What is this generation, what's Generation Z going to look like if everyone's changed their gender, changed their pronouns, changed their name, and gone into this uh, delusional sense of reality? What is this going to mean for our country? It's going to make our country weak and make our country confused, and it's going to you know, turn our country against each other. What's this going to do to the soul of our nation, the soul of our families, just the, the, the generation that comes up after them? They're going to come up just as confused. If you've got these young people that are so confused, they're changing their gender, and an evil government conforming to their wishes, like, you can't, as a young person, I have to take my kids to another state for them to get a tattoo. They can't get a tattoo. They can't get a driver's license. They can't, you know, they, I don't even think they can get into a rated R movie. But yet, they can get gender reassignment surgery without the parent's consent. Does that seem backwards? Yes, because it is. The Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 24, in fact, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 24, and then I'm going to put a wrap on this. Thank you for sticking with me for so long. This says Matthew 24, verse 36. Jesus is giving his Olivet Discourse, and he's talking to his disciples about what it's going to look like when he comes back. And I'm going to tell you, the world is not going to be in good shape. The world is going to be desperate for a Savior. And the world, <laughs> the world is desperate right now. But let's read this, Matthew 24, verse 36. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will the, son of, the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. In the days of Noah, the world was imploding with evil. 
And guess what's happening today? The world is imploding with evil. As believers, we have nothing to worry about. Now, that doesn't write us off from taking a stand and speaking up. I'll tell you what, this transgender thing, we need every single pastor, every single leader, every single parent being vocal and standing up against this. We can't just sit around and allow evil to run rampant. We should be calling our legislators. I call my legislators on every one of these stupid bills. We should be blowing up our governor, Jay Inslee, who is a madman in Washington State. If you live in a different state or different nation, call whoever has a desk and has an ear. It, whether, they, whether they pass the bill or not, at least they need to know that the people aren't happy with this bill. Pastors, lead your congregations to be vocal about these things. What it's about is about protecting children, protecting families. We have got to get past this. I don't want to talk about politics because it's going to cause division in my church. I don't see, like, I don't see how child abuse, standing against child abuse is divisive. I don't see how that is. Every believer should. And you know what this does? This does a couple things. I'm going to move away from that thought. But what this does to the church, and this is how I'm going to end it, and I want you guys to consider this. What this does to the church is it moves believers and it moves conservatives to the margins of society. And all of a sudden, we're the ones who are suffering because we no longer have a voice. We no longer have platforms. This, this transgender thing is running rampant. And we follow a couple years go by and more and more specific bills come to light and more amendments to these bills come down the road by whack this lefties. Man, we're going we're gonna to see some evil things. You know, you're not, it says that you will be, you know, subject to, to punishment or subject to the law if you're hiding people and you don't have a license. And it also outlaws conversion therapy. There are states that are outlawing conversion therapy. It might be in this bill. I didn't see it, uh, but you know that's coming. Conversion therapy is basically like talking young people out of getting gender reassignment surgery. That is outlawed. And that's exactly what the Bible is that wants to bring in the identity of Jesus Christ and not the identity of the world to these young people. This is going to outlaw a lot of things if we follow this thing out over the next couple years. We are going to be outlawed from ministering to transgenders. We're going to be outlawed for having anything to do with, with you know, pulling young people away from these transgender organizations. And if you follow this thing out and you think about how bad this really could get, we could get to a point where the governor, government agencies, bureaucrats, are going to be making decisions on who needs reassignment surgery and who doesn't? They get the medical field into it, and we're going to see some evil things. I hope it never comes to that, and I hope I'm really, really wrong. But forced gender reassignment surgery. That's where we could be. And as the church, as conservatives, are we going to be willing to risk our necks? And I, I honestly believe we've got to learn how to hide people. We've got to learn how to protect people. We've got to learn how to, as the church, not communicate electronically, emails and texts. We've got to learn how to pass messages from one person to the other, from one group to the other. 
This is not conspiracy theory. This is exactly what's happening. And these wicked and evil Democrats in our leadership are pushing bill after bill like this, trying to get them legalized. And they have enough bribery and they have enough blackmailing power to see these things happen. So I hope it never comes to it. But as the church, we have got to be wise. We have start to get strategic. We have got to start thinking forward. We need forward thinking. We need discernment on how we're going to act. A lot of people are fleeing these blue states. And I think you're probably right for doing that. But those of us who can't leave the blue states or have family and parents here or whatever it is, we, we've got to hunker down and we have got to get strategic on how we're going to maneuver these very wicked times. And the church has to lead. I'm seeing far too many churches conform to this homosexual ideology, the LGBTQ ideology, the trans ideology. Many churches are doing it, or at least they're not speaking up against it. And that is all the that I wanted to share for you today. I hope that opening up that bill a little bit will give you the motivation to go and read through it on your own. It is not very long. It's only about nine pages. I read it in about 20 minutes. I mean, you really just have to look at it and analyze what it's saying. There's a lot of uh, different uh, references to different RCWs and all those kinds of things. I'm not, I know nothing about the law, um, but it's, it's really good to know and be aware of what is really in this bill. Should we be concerned? You bet. Should we be afraid? Absolutely not. I will never be afraid. America is not a place to be afraid, especially if you're a follower of Jesus. The Bible talks about this type of stuff happening. We should not be surprised. Anyway, thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. God bless you. I will be posting a sermon I did from a weekend out speaking at a local church uh, later on this week. And uh, God bless you. Continue to take a courageous stand for the truth. It is needed in this hour. God bless you.